This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Stacey Risley. Welcome and to episode number six of the Good Neighbor Podcast, North Atlanta. Today we have Good Neighbor Tanya Horan with Tacosa 360 Consulting. Hey, Tanya, welcome. Hi, Stacey. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's so great to have you on. I, I will give a little preview to the audience. I've had the privilege of meeting and working with Tanya a good bit the last few weeks. And um, what a pleasure it has been. You guys are in for a treat today. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your business. Okay, certainly. So did you know that in the United States, there are over 1.5 million nonprofit organizations and the vast majority of them want to grow and expand their programs, capacity, and funding? I did not. And I think it's safe to venture to guess that most of our listeners didn't know that either. Did you, how many million did you say? One point over 1.5 million across the United States alone. Wow. That's a ton of nonprofits. So if you go globally, obviously it's exponential from there. Um, What's really interesting about all these organizations that it's not uncommon that they're encountering challenges and barriers due to limited business experience, structure, and resources. And some of those challenges can be outdated strategic plans and execution plans, uh, a lack of diversified revenue so that they can sustain their mission and advance forward, ineffective data collection and using using it to tell their story effectively, or or possibly messaging that just isn't resonating and capturing uh, their potential donors and ideal clients as well. Well, all of these are there. (laughs) Um, And and that's part of what inspired me to be part of what I'm doing now with Tacosa 360 Consulting. Um, I partner with those nonprofit organizations, empowering them to advance their mission and overcome their challenges. Well, that's actually a good segue into the, our next question on telling our listeners about your journey. How did you get into, how did you, what's the story behind Tecosa 360 Consulting? Um, well, interestingly, when I was school, my mom was the executive director of an adult literacy nonprofit. It provided tutoring for GEDs as well as English as a second language. And when I visited her office, I saw firsthand the impact that it was having on people's lives. Uh, and that has always stuck with me, that vision. Uh, it later inspired me in my early 20s uh, to be an adult literacy tutor myself. Uh, I had the privilege of tutoring an older uh, gentleman to learn how to read. And his sole purpose of wanting to learn was so that he could read a book to his grandchild. And so with our time together, we were able Uh, to work, and he was able to read The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. One of my all-time favorites. I have to interject right there. (laughs) I was an elementary school teacher for 19 years, and The Giving Tree is just, oh, what a wonderful first story to to read and what an impact. <laughs> yes, and he, Sorry, I didn't mean he to was interrupt. So <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, we could talk about the giving tree. I'm sure we could have a whole podcast on the giving tree and all its meanings, but it, it, that experience of working uh, with him um, has been one of the most meaningful for me, but I didn't start out. I didn't start out in the nonprofit, although I've continually, you know, from a volunteer perspective, been engaged in my community. 
I actually spent 25 plus years in the software and uh, technology industry uh, with my expertise being in product. And I'm engaged in everything from strategy and planning and product development and, and positioning uh, in that for-profit sector. Uh, and when I was there, I was also managed and built teams in the United States, as well as Russia, Bangkok, and Europe, uh, and doing, you know, the traveling around the world. Uh, and I came to a point where I had a crossroads and I had to figure out what is it I'm going to do next. Uh, and I had been in that space, uh, including, you know, mentoring early stage startups. I had done some of that work. I'm also an adjunct professor for MBA as well as computer science um, programs. But then I decided, okay, well, I'm going to start to COSA 360. And based on what I've done in my experience, I'm going to be work with be a fractional product leader for for-profit organizations and help them grow and scale. And that was the focus. Along that journey, what I didn't expect and what I hadn't planned on was the impact that uh, my leadership Austin Fellowship with E3 Alliance would have and where my vision would change and grow. So E3 Alliance is a nonprofit located in Austin, Texas that transforms systems through data and collaboration so all students succeed. And I was asked to come work with them and uh, help them grow and scale side of their organization. And so their earned revenue side. And that really simply, I loved working with them and watching the grow. I'm, I'm personally passionate about education as a whole, uh, but to have them help them build that foundation so that they can grow and scale their impact really inspired me. And, and that led me on to another one where I got to work with uh, the Austin Area Research Organization and Texas as well in the initiative for addressing cancer together. And addressing cancer together is providing cancer care for high needs, uninsured patients in central Texas. And with them, I was asked to be their uh, program launch manager to figure out how to take this vision that these incredibly passionate, determined individuals had to be able to provide this care uh, in Central Texas. Uh, and that include working with the United Way for Greater Austin for it to come under their umbrella. And that is awesome. I, it 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 is and it's it was so exciting for me um you know you watch it from an idea and you help shape it so that it can actually become reality uh and i'm excited to share that in march of 22 uh, we saw our first patient we were able to help our first patient receive cancer care that she would have never received elsewhere for her breast cancer that and, is amazing tanya <laughs> I, <laughs> that, Yes, thank you. And extremely, uh, my mom has stage four cancer. And so being able to help others be able to achieve that and still honor my mom's own journey through this process uh, has extremely fulfilling uh, and, a, and a lasting impact. And I can share, I can jump in and ju for just a second here and share. Tanya and I, I already mentioned that we spent 
some good time together the last couple of weeks and and you know your journey kind of parallels with mine there and that you know you you said you did this in the corporate world for a long time and then mm-hmm. you know being able to take that expertise to to make a difference to really make a difference you know um with with these other nonprofits that's, that's very admirable and i for one really appreciate what you're doing um in regards to that that's and I much like when when I went into medical sales for that brief stint that we we talked about. It just it wasn't as rewarding for me. It just it it wasn't. I wanted to give back to the community, and you are definitely doing that. It sounds like through this. So, um, I, you can continue. If there's is there any other like heartfelt stories through that that you want to share with us, our audience, or you want us to keep going, or? <laughs> Well, I, I think I would just add to that is it was all building, you know, from when I was a child and some of the values that were built um, in my younger life into my engagement in the community to the opportunities that I took uh, that I had never even, you know, necessarily tried and learned that I could bring my experience to really make a difference in people's lives. And I continued to, I actually just recently completed my um, certificate of nonprofit management because I wanted to learn more and the nuances within the industry to take and combine everything that I did, as you mentioned, in the for-profit sector with the also the nuances of the nonprofit sector to better serve. So it sounds like you just added even more expertise to your already impressive list of expertise and ways to help these companies. I didn't even know there was such a certificate. So, well, let's get outside of work for just a minute. When you're not working, what do you what can we find you doing for fun? So when I'm not working, oh, first and foremost, I'm exploring Atlanta because I'm new, uh, relatively uh, early. I just moved here in 2021. And so exploring the area but for fun. For There's me a lot to, to explore that. here, isn't there? There is. <laughs> um, that that might it, take it, you through uh, through the to the next decade <laughs> to explore the city. <laughs> I agree with you. And it's always fun, you know, when people say you're from Atlanta, the first question out of their mouth is where in Atlanta, because we are so big and we have so many things to to offer here in our community, uh, no matter where you are located uh, within the metro area. Uh, in our community and what I love to do, uh, I love yoga uh, and, you know, doing that, traveling, uh, exploring new places, having worked overseas and lived overseas at different points. Uh, the different cultures are exciting for me. Uh, cooking, uh, which I really picked up again. I take it a break to do that. Uh, but my latest quest, and we're going to call it a quest, is I'm picking up golf. Uh, and that is learning a quest how to... indeed. <laughs> yeah. You're braver uh, it... than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm definitely a novice. Uh, and uh, just an opportunity to get out there uh, and to focus and to do something with other people. And my my goal right now in golf is simply I want to play enough so I can get a handicap. Uh, because I got asked that a couple of weeks ago, so what's your handicap? And I'm like, mm, well, how to get one yet? Uh, but so one day we're going to play enough rounds and uh, just be social. <laughs> cool. Yeah, if someone asked me what my handicap 
was in golf, I would have absolutely no idea what to tell them <laughs> other than, yeah, I haven't played enough to have one. <laughs> well, that sounds like you've had lots to keep you busy in your spare time. And I know that you showed uh, that you're taking an upcoming, very exciting trip <laughs> you shared with me. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to that one. That will be yeah. um, a, a great time away. <laughs> So getting back to Tecosa 360 Consulting, um, are there any myths or myths misconceptions that you would like our listeners to know about your business? Yeah. So I appreciate you asking that question uh, because I hear uh, a lot from the nonprofits themselves and also the perception out there about nonprofits that nonprofits are not there to make a profit. And I would tell you that's a myth. Uh, and, you know, there's also this misconception that everything needs to be free. Uh, in, in truth, nonprofits are businesses, right? They need to be able to be able to pay for their services, have profits to be able to grow, right? Uh, and uh, that is okay. Those revenue streams. Uh, and the other thing that's, that's happening and there's a trend and it continues to grow right now is that uh, nonprofits, a number of them are starting to look at a 50-50 model. So what is a 50 does that mean? So traditionally, we all know nonprofits are funded through direct donations, corporations, individuals, as well as foundations, uh, and they may also get grants um, from other types of organizations. The 50-50 comes in is the strive is to go 50% in the traditional, but then 50% in earned revenue, right? And that may be where they have uh, a curriculum that they develop that they can license. They may charge for their fees. They may look at a book or other types of things that they could do that could actually bring in revenue. The trend in what that is and why that's so important is many are looking for opportunities to uh, have more sustainable and predictable income that they can use, right? Uh, and also that is unrestricted because some program dollars have to be all delivered. Donations can only be for programs, uh, but they want to build their staff. They want to be able to expand. And some of that other takes other types of investment. Uh, for that. And so nonprofits are there to profit. Uh, the other thing that I hear, you know, well, if I bring structure for them uh, and they have foundations, it's going to erode their culture and they're not going, you know, to be the, has be able to have the same passionate type of culture and impact that they want. And what I talk with you know different organizations about is really the the structure that I help you with the planning you know maybe optimizing operations uh, earned revenue can be one of those as well. I, they're actually the stepping stones to expand and achieve the mission that you want. Uh, and as everything matures and your whatever that next evolution for you, these are the pieces in place that will help you help you make that happen. And so those are a couple of things um, that, you know, nonprofits shouldn't make a profit uh, and that structure would actually erode their culture. Those are really, I'm really glad that you mentioned both of those because, you know, 
just from my perspective, those were both very helpful in, um, in applying that and being able to make a difference in the community, but also, you know, run it as a business. You know, there's the, that is fabulous. <laughs> Good information for, for our listeners, for sure. Um, is there one hardship or challenge that you've had in your life, Tanya, that has you know, either you're better for it for today or that has um, made you stronger in business or or personal? <laughs> that's uh, that's a really inter- question. And as I thought about that question, whether I could come up with a single instance, when I reflect on the on the 20 plus years, uh, you know, that has been out there, the one thing that I know to be true, uh, there have been several different challenges, right? Whether uh, work environments, whether it has been I haven't achieved something that I wanted in specific. uh, And as I reflect back on it, I realize each one of those allows me to help people even more because I, I have seen some of those hardships, right? I can foresee potential um, barriers that might be coming only because I experienced them myself, yeah. uh, truth be told. And, well, and that's great to be able to offer people that, yeah. you know, you, you learn from the, the mistakes I made, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, honestly, to, um, to avoid the pitfalls, that is a huge asset. And, you know, I, when I was mentoring and advising startups, you know, one of the, the places we came from was, uh, we all have social capital to give. We all have experiences that we can share and perspective and sitting down with someone, which I'm always open to do even for 30 minutes and sharing that can save them hours and save them thousands of dollars, uh, no matter what they're trying to do. And that's the place where I operate from is let me share with you. You'll take what you need. It may not always all apply, uh, but I'm open to sharing it with you. That is wonderful. Well, is there is there one thing that you wish our listeners knew about your business that they may not knew, know, may not have known? <laughs> um, I would say the 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 one thing that I I would want to make sure that the listeners understand um, is a work with four pillars. Right, in portfolios of strategy, planning, messaging, and operations, and meet organizations where they're at, uh, and can adapt it so it's pragmatic. Uh, one of the things that is important, you know, whatever project or initiative we might be working on that you want to move forward on, is I explain the why behind the suggestions uh, and recommendations because I want you to be able to sustain it and use it again. And people can do that when they have the frameworks in place, Uh, they can adapt them for the next time. And that is a part of all that I want is really for nonprofits to build, sustain, and I'll give them the frameworks and the tools in that process uh, so they can sustain it uh, many times over. Well, I think that that is a very unique offering, and I am so glad to have, to have 
had you on. I guess to wrap up, how can our listeners, those who are listening, and gosh, your business applies to so many out there. You know, I just it, it's you know I know that that it's mostly for nonprofits, but but pretty much any business model is going to be able to take from this as well. Um, so how do, how can our listeners learn more? How can they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Best way to learn more is to reach out with me uh, via email. And that is Tanya, T-A-N-J-A, Tacosa 360com uh, I like Tacosas. It's tacos with an A, uh, 360.com. Uh, it's the easiest way uh, to do that. And also feel free to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn, uh, if that is your preferred platform. And uh, I also have a website that you can check out as well, which is www.tacosa360.com. Uh, Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tanya Haran, for joining us today. Um, I will share more with our listeners later, but you're going to be back. And um, and we're excited about uh, featuring some of the nonprofits that you work with um, in the community. So thank you all so much for listening. That's all for today's episode. I'm Stacey Risley with the Good Neighbor Podcast. Thank you for listening and for supporting the local businesses and nonprofits of our great community. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast North Atlanta. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpnorthatlanta.com. That's gnpnorthatlanta.com or call 470-946-7007.